Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me, drinking the ice-cold Coke Zero, is Charles Chuck Thompson. How's it going today, Chuck? You know, they're still running that sip and scan code How offer. about that? You know, almost two years now, we've been running the show with that sip and scan code that you guys can sip and scan and, and then go on your phone. <laughs> And hit that subscribe button. It's as easy as that. Folks. And we thank them for doing that. Yeah. That's nice. It's unbelievable. Well, we had a weekend, not to tell any personal stories, but it was the July 4th weekend. It was America's proclaimed birthday. And we celebrated not like the founders did, you know, by s- sending the, the best breakup letter of all time, but we still blew up a lot of fireworks, and that was fun. We, uh, we both separately had some crazy fireworks displays. Tanner Rats. Some Tanner, we did blow up. I didn't get a video on my phone. I've got to get my dad to send me the video of it. We did blow up 30 pounds of Tannerite in an attempt to launch a drum, a, a barrel up into the air. Turned out everything just exploded. Okay. Yeah. No launch. Just some of it launched. Wasn't quite like the hot water heater. It wasn't quite like the water heater. It wasn't like the thing that we did last year or the drum that we did a couple of years before that. It just blew up and went everywhere. So it was still really fun. It was a really big explosion. That was cool. And I came home yesterday and I pressure washed my house and my whole body hurts right now. I'll tell you what. Are you ready to give up on life? Now? I'm, I'm ready to go to sleep so bad right now. But we got to do a show first. That's right. And if you guys didn't hear, we broke down the Declaration of Independence on Sunday and Monday. By the way, Nate did a great job of rekindling those older episodes where and uh, the, probably the most, one of the most important documents in history was ever written mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh by by just unspeakable treasonous insubordinate men that <laughs> you could find all right they weren't going to go along with it they weren't going to have tyranny rule them and i love this braveheart <laughs> i love this braveheart gift we got here in the live group they'll never take our freedom they may take our lives They'll never take our freedom. Yeah. And everybody cheers and rushes to war. That's what we celebrated over the weekend. But unfortunately, a couple people, and I'm sure you guys have already heard plenty about this. A lot of podcasts have already talked about this. It is Tuesday. We are a little bit late to the party, but you want to hear us talk about it. Okay. Wait till you hear us do it. <laughs> okay. So a couple people out there, as well as a lot of other people that follow those, not happy about the fact that it was a fourth. So we have a couple things that should have been in dumb bleep, which, by the way, this week we will be doing live in front of a studio audience here in Nashville, Tennessee, for, for some of the people who are supporters of the show via Patreon. So we have a couple things that could have waited until then. Well, they couldn't have waited. They should have made it in there. Maxine Waters is going to go up first right here. And let's talk about some of this, oh, this craziness. Is, this is lovely. Listen, we know, we all know that there was a Declaration of Independence, something saying that all men were created equal, and there was, in fact, a contradiction during that time. They were still holding slaves at that time. And so there is, in fact, a contradiction right there, all men being created equal. Okay? I get it. It's not 1776 anymore. Okay? It's currently not 1776. And also, it doesn't mean the philosophy's wrong. No, it still doesn't mean that what it says in the, in the Declaration, that, that those are terrible ideas. 
that we shouldn't try to live up to every single day. It doesn't mean that whatsoever, mm. which we talked about a lot in the last two episodes that we posted. Okay, so Maxine Waters says, July 4th. And so the Declaration of Independence says all men are created equal. Equal to what? What men? Only white men? Isn't it something that they wrote in, isn't it something that they wrote this in 1776 when African Americans were enslaved? They weren't thinking about us then, but we're thinking about us now. In fact, thought about people who were African Americans a long time ago by ending slavery and then, you know, having a pretty fair and equal society right now mm-hmm. when it comes to the laws of the land. Okay? She added on to this. She said further in, in the Declaration of Independence says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, yet, now th- li- listen to how contradictory this country is, 17 states have enacted voter suppression laws. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Now, first off, we're not talking about the Constitution, we're talking about the Declaration of Independence, but mm-hmm. then the Constitution itself does say that people who are citizens of the United States should not be barred from voting. Okay? It then goes on to say that you couldn't be barred... Uh, through the basis of your gender, says that later on. I, th- I think everyone knows that. Supreme Court gutted Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act and George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Michael Brown, Sandra Bland, Tamir Rice, need I say more, hashtag July 4th. Yes, we need you to elaborate, Maxine, because yes. this makes no sense. I need you to tell me what you're talking about by that last part right there, uh, that the truths are not self-evident because George Floyd... Well, she didn't finish it out anyway. <laughs> no. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men and women are created by you go, you know the thing. You go, you know the thing. And if she would have finished that out, she would have realized that none of these have to do with the thing. <laughs> no. <That's>... And <laughs> Jesus, Lord, please help us. Can we stop throwing Michael Brown in with these other names? Yeah. Okay. Michael Brown was not held down on the ground until he suffocated. He wasn't surprised by a bunch of police officers and shot in his apartment. He attacked a police officer. Even even when we had a black president, the Department of Justice didn't bring any charges against a police officer because they found that he acted justly, that Michael Brown was the one who attacked him. Can we stop throwing this fake-ass narrative out here? I mean, this just tells you. Just how, how much you, you could, you could replace Michael Brown with a, a lot of other names, but that's just one that you're supposed to say when you list off people. Uh, but those people don't deserve to have Michael Brown in the same sentence. They don't. And I apologize if Michael Brown's family is listening right now. I don't mean to speak ill of the dead, but it's just the truth. It's not the same thing no. whatsoever. No. And the, the police officer was acting in self-defense. Now the rest of them, she actually gets right. That's the only part of this tweet that makes any sense. Because what the actual Declaration of Independence says is that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men and women, that's an asterisk there for me, (laughs) are created equal or endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. So George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Sandra Bland, Tamir Rice, all deserved life. Mm -hmm. Their lives were ended unjustly. And so that's the only part of this tweet that she actually gets right. Now, Charlie, but, take us on to what sounds like Dumb Bleep number two, only we're not doing a Dumb Bleep yeah, episode right this now. This is just the, this is our Twitter section Yeah, for now, in, in uh, commemorating the 4th of July <laughs> and how these lovely Americans, I'm not sure how they tweeted this, honestly, because we, I mean, who gave them access to Twitter if, <laughs> if it's such a suppressive I know. country? I know. Cori Bush, 
Oh, Cory Bush. <laughs> uh, tweets out, when they say that the 4th of July is about American freedom, remember this. The freedom they're referring to is for white people. This land is stolen land and black people still aren't free. What the F word is she talking about? And she's tweeting that. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah that's right. I, this, always, this always gets me every time. Uh, I'm not free, but I can tweet. Now look. I can get elected to office. Is there, have, there been, have there been times in history where black people were treated unfairly? Uh, 100%. We can all agree with that. Also, this whole, uh, you know, let's, let's talk about the, the women and voting and all that kind of stuff. They act as if America was the only country who didn't hold women equal to men. Yeah. You realize that? Every society, yeah, almost every society. Does. Literally I'm not almost say 100%, every but. single society in the history of the world, men were held higher. And that, and, and that was wrong, mm-hmm. by the way. Like, women should be treated equally, okay? They are human beings just like we all are. They should have the same rights, okay? But this whole idea that America is the only place that stole land, America is the only place that had slaves, America is the only place that did anything wrong whatsoever, that we're not allowed to celebrate our independence from a government that was, well, back then was more tyrannical than they were, who, yeah. knows, who knows what's going on now? Perhaps America has, has devolved into a little bit more tyrannical than she was before. But it, this, this kind of stuff is just so infuriating because was the land stolen from uh, the majority of the Indians? Yeah, I would say so. I would say that they, they negotiated some treaties and they broke those and they stole land and they did all that. And that is not good. What? We would go from a liberty or libertarian's perspective. That that is a violation of the non-aggression principle. It is. What I'm wondering is, uh, is, is she wanting to give all of that land back? Any of the land that was taken from any Native Americans? I'm sick of people mentioning well, this all, all the her time. Land except for her house. <laughs> yes, except for her house and her community or whatever. Her. Di- I'm sick of people mentioning this because people talk about it. They say, "Well, this land is stolen. It's not even ours in the first. Where are the bills?" saying that we're just going to give away all the land in the United States back to the people who had it before any of the, the Europeans came over here or anything like that? Where, where are they? Is anyone actually trying to give all the land back to whatever Native American tribes are still around? Is that what we're trying to do? No, it's just something that they say because it's cool to say that this was still... But no one's out there trying to give all the land, at least hardly anyone's out there trying to give it all back. She's not going to give up her house or any of her money to anyone who might have occupied the land that she's on beforehand. Every single society, you could go back on every society and find the group of people eventually that lived there before the people that are there right now. By the way, even some of the Native American tribes, you could go back before that tribe and find the tribe that was there before that. This is something that's always happened throughout history. People take land. Empires expand, <laughs> and then they get too big and they fail. <clears throat> that's, that's happened so many times in history. At one point, all of Europe was Rome. It's the same thing. It's just you went to Rome, you were in all of, all of Europe, right? It was the Roman Empire. You had all kinds of people who, who pillaged and took over land and hurt people and all kinds of things, none of which we agree with whatsoever. But uh, what, do you, what are we supposed to do about it? 
It's like that Jordan Peterson interview when he tells the GQ girl, quit your job. Yeah. Yeah. If, you, if you're holding such a privileged position and you could give it to someone less fortunate than you, then quit. She's, no. like, well, she's like, well, I'm not going to do that. No. no of course not. not. Of course you're not going to. This is just a virtuous pat on their own back. That's why they say these types of things. So they can feel good about themselves saying that, the, well, I said the right thing. It's like, well, do you actually believe it? Because if you actually believed it, then you would, you would give up all your possessions. You would give up your house and you would give up the land back to someone who's long lineage you can find. I guess the furthest back you can go in human history. Yeah, because you can go to Native is. Americans, but then you got to figure out who was there before them. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know how far you're going to have to go back, but they probably weren't the first people ever in that place, so you got to keep going back all the way. Did they make it all the way back to chimpanzees, you think? Possibly. That's all we, we, should that's all we can do. Give up our land. Give all the land to, to the, the chimps. <laughs> okay. So. so there's some of your dumbly recap <laughs> from the weekend, okay? Amanda brings up a good question, though. I think, uh, I think she's declaring or saying that she's one-eighth uh, Native American. So she's wondering if part of her can give herself some land. I, I, like if the, that sounds like a legitimate if question. If a part right of there, her yeah. seven-eighths can give mm-hmm. her one-eighths some land. That's up to you. And that is, yeah, that's a, that's, that's a tough one. You're going to have to have that conversation. You should have to have, yeah, with, with- yourself. <laughs> Okay, a little bit of... You should ask yourself and see what you would do. A little bit of COVID and science, okay? From NBC News right here. Now, I don't know if you guys remember, but for a long time, you couldn't talk about the whole idea of the the Wuhan lab leak thing. And NBC News is realizing now, well, actually, this is becoming pretty mainstream. And so this is almost like uh, we were wrong, but it's, uh, it doesn't mean you were right. And actually, we're still right. And that, that's really what this is. It's that yeah. kind of apology. We're like, oh, I love those. I know I was wrong about this, but you weren't right. Yeah. And actually, I wasn't that wrong. And I was in the right. What I did, I was in the right while I was doing it. I'm sorry, but. I'm sorry, but. That's mm-hmm. what this is. So they're talking about the Wuhan lab leak theory, and it's being twisted to validate conspiracy theories. And this is dangerous. Aren't most people on the left like really into counseling? In, in therapy, I, I'm not. I think they're more. They've got to be more in touch with their emotions because that's how all the decisions are made. So no, but you think about like just all of this dis- dismissive gaslighting mm-hmm. rhetoric. A lot of gaslighting. There's a lot of history being changed. These I was going to say history being made, but Narciss- there's a lot of history being changed. Narcissistic gaslighters. Look at how they start this. The way that they lump these together. Unlike what people like Sean Hannity. Tucker Carlson and Alex Jones may lead you to believe. So now all those people are in the same group right there. Okay. The lab leak theory isn't an I told you so movement. An admission of uncertainty isn't a condemnation of science or validation of conspiracy theorists. In fact, it's how science works. So now they're going to tell us that science is always questioning things. Oh, wow. But you you didn't know that. Now that NBC News is telling you that, you're going to know. There is ambiguity, the emergence of new evidence, and the shifting of individual and collective perspectives. So Mm. this happens within the science community. A past position that turns out to be wrong can still be the correct position to have adopted, given the available evidence at that time, which is true, but we'll talk about what the big difference is here. In a fringe position deemed wrong in the past that turns out to be possibly true, 
doesn't make the postulator of the fringy position an all-knowing person who should be trusted with future decisions. This type of thinking is what steers people towards conspiracy theories. So they've got to do this because anyone who talked about the Wuhan lab leak theory was a conspiracy theorist. Mm -hmm. And we have to stick with that. So now they still have to go with this. And they give an example here. Let's say a renowned meteorologist uses all the available evidence, satellite imagery, barometric and, and temperature trends, computer modeling, years of training and experience to inform a prediction that there is a 95% chance of rain tomorrow. Your neighbor thinks that the weather is controlled by a big weather satellite and that rainy days are a political plot to make a stay inside to work, and his favorite YouTuber says it will be sunny. It turns out to be sunny. Do we, do we give up on meteorology and go with the anti-big weather YouTuber? Well, no, you don't, and this is not an accurate representation of what happened. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that here in just a... And that's a, a terrible analogy. It's a, it's a really bad analogy, because they didn't say that there was a 95% chance of rain tomorrow. Here's what the meteorologist said. It's going to rain tomorrow. Anyone who says it isn't going to be rain tomorrow should be blocked from talking to anyone else about anything. Yeah. In fact, if they say it's not going to rain tomorrow, they're a conspiracy theorist, and you should never listen to another thing that they're ever going to say. We should remove them from our society, in fact, because I have said that it's going to rain tomorrow. And then when it turns out to not rain tomorrow, what, what hap- does that mean that the other person just knows everything about the weather? No, it means that they accepted the fact that things weren't 100% true all the time and that science can sometimes have the wrong answers. Mm-hmm. But that's not what they want us to come away with. Part of the problem is that our thinking can be distorted by a kind of hindsight bias. That is, our tendency to misremember earlier positions and why they were held, or that we could have foreseen an event or a conclusion. This is also known as the new-it-all-along phenomenon, something that we deal with here on this podcast every single day. But given the available evidence at the relevant time, you really didn't. It's likely that no one did. Okay, they didn't say that no one did. This is so ridiculous. They said that they knew the answer, and anyone who gave a different answer needed to be removed from society. Mm-hmm. Or okay. even if you said it was a possibility. Yeah. Okay. You were a racist okay. and a bigot. Here's the apology. Are you ready for the apology? Yes. Many public health officials and journalists did a less than ideal job talking about the possible causes of the pandemic. The, langu- the language was often definitive when it should have reflected the fact that there were many unknowns. Indeed, both the scientific community and the popular press need to do a better job generally representing uncertainty in science as a process. I'm just trying to imagine this as, a, as an apology, like if, if I'm talking to my, my wife or something. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I did a less than ideal job yeah. when we were talking last night, mm. okay? And I need to work on the way that I do that, but I'm not apologizing for the fact that I was flat wrong. Yeah. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Okay, okay, so for everyone listening to the podcast, just so you know, in that amazing rant that we were just talking about, uh, which was rudely interrupted by one of the most expensive soundboards that you can buy for podcasting. Uh, it just needs reset every now and then. It likes to take a nap, okay? It, it was, we leave it running for days. <laughs> okay? It's very, it's very annoying. It's very annoying when it does that. So I don't the, know when the... No, ra- the rant I was going on yes. was that what actually erodes public trust is the know-it-all experts coming out and saying, this is what it is. It's for sure not that. And if you even, if you even have an inkling of thinking that there's a possibility that something else could be done, then it's literally off with your head. And I feel like that some people would, would literally want that to come back into society. 
<laughs> off with your head. You disagree. You conspiracy theorist, tinfoil hat, Alex Jones, Tucker Carl- Carlson wannabe. Like that's, that's what actually erodes public trust because then when the experts are all wrong and they're dismissive about being wrong, not coming out and saying, you know what? We, we really got that one wrong and we're really sorry. There is a, now there's a highly likely chance that this may have come out of a lab and we're going to do everything we can to actually figure out what's going on here. And the public would be like, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. That's great. What they could have said was, we don't know exactly where this came from. Could have came from a lab. Could have came from an animal. What did we say a year ago? That we don't know. That we don't know. Yeah. The data is not in folks. We have no idea, but we're going to speculate a little bit and tell you what we think. It, what happened? Tell you what the what the what, what we think the possibilities might be when they take this when they take this side of anyone who says something contrary to to the official words on this should be removed from being able to speak to anyone else about what they think. When they do that, that like what Charlie said, that is what erodes public trust. One, people don't like it when you do that. Then they're like, okay, what are these people trying to hide right now? Because this is fishy. Why can't we at least talk about this? And then that actually gets the conspiracy theories going more when there's all this silence and all of this restrictive behavior around people, around what people can actually say about a topic. If and you it, silenced your partner, by the way, in a relationship, you would be labeled a narcissistic psycho sociopath. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Like imagine trying to silence your partner if they questioned anything. Yeah. You question me, actually, I'm not going to allow you to speak in this relationship yeah. anymore. I'm going to leave. Yeah. I'll leave the house. I- I'm not coming back until you stop questioning. But luckily, NBC <laughs> News is here to tell us that science is always questioning everything. And I... so while they were wrong about the way that they talked about it for so long, now they're saying, well, actually, this is how science works. And you should always question everything. Something we've been saying for the longest time. So they say, yes, we absolutely need to keep open minds and constantly question. We do need to make sure that the science is communicated effectively. And we do need to make sure science is done well and in a trustworthy manner, including being transparent about conflicts of interest and political pressures that may twist its representation. It's, it really is... It's, they're like, okay, we gaslit you for a long time. We called you crazy for a long time. Here's why, even though it turns out we were wrong about what we were doing, you're still wrong because you just don't understand. And so it's like they're still kind of pouring it on. They're kind of pouring a little bit of gas on that there light right there. <coughs> and they're keeping this going. But while educating us about what science is, after they did not want to talk about what science was for a year, because they didn't want to question anything. They still don't like with climate change. No. You know, we got denied. This has actually affected us. We went from having a social media presence that could reach a one to two million people per week, right? Or per, uh, mo- per month. Per it month. Was, it was 1.3 million people per month. That's on one platform. I'm talking uh, about just all on of Facebook. our platforms. Yeah. To now, because we posted something about COVID last year. And because we were questioning something, we made one simple post that we got flagged for it. And since then, they've reduced our reach by almost 90%. Yeah. 90, now, they didn't take us away, mm-hmm. but they completely reduced our voice because we questioned something. And now, all of a sudden, the people who are allowed to question things are coming out and questioning things. But it's okay for them to do it because they're allowed to do it. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Do you think we'll ever get that back? 
Probably not. No, we've got those flags in the algorithm now. They're not going to let us do that anymore. So there's something about this ideology that you've got to be, you've got to control the narrative all the time, of course. The people in power have to control the narrative. And you've also got to be really good at erasing history all the time. You've actually got to be able to go back and act like you were on the right side the whole time. And that is a tremendous segue into what our next thing is. And I know we've been talking about this a lot. Listen, we're not talking about this whole crime spike thing because the crime spike is the most pressing liberty issue out there. And, oh, the Democrats did this or the Republicans did this. That's not really why we're talking about this. It's important to see what a government can do and what governments do. George Orwell knew this. He knew what governments would do. He, knew, he knows what this ideology does. Okay? And so that is the important part, because if they're going to do it with something as blatant as defunding the police, we're going to play another video from the press secretary. Oh, you transitioned. If they, yeah. If they're going to do it with something as blatant as defunding the police, which was blatant in front of everyone, and they can now get up at a podium and literally lie and twist the facts about this, then what else is it that they do it with that people aren't sitting there reading the data every single day, not following the news every single day? What else can they do it with? And so that's the important part. And then Charlie's got a little article to go along with this here in a sec. Let's see what she had to say. It's a, it's a little crazy. Importantly, did not run on defunding the police. He's always opposed defunding the police. I'll also note, because you've asked this question before, or a few times over the last several days, that when we talk about uh, individuals uh, in Congress and their support for funding or uh, opposition to funding for the police, I think what the American people are most focused on is how people vote what their record is, which is a public record. And I will note that while the president ran on and won the most votes of any candidate in history in a platform of boosting funding for law enforcement after Republicans spent decades trying to cut the COPS program, which again is public record. We don't need to uh, under, under, uh, undervalue the, the intelligence of the American people. Uh, the president ran on increasing that funding. It's in his budget. It w in President Trump's budget, he significantly cut that. So that's a change. And the president ran on... <laughs> Okay. It's so ridiculous. So and by the way, she chose her words very carefully right there. So, so by, by her saying that we're not going <laughs> to undermine the intelligence of the American people. So like if you, if you don't trust what she says about public record, well, then you're undermining the intelligence of the American people because this is public record, folks. Okay. Now, is she referring to Biden's crime bill in 1994 about how <laughs> that might be. his voting record and legislation yeah. he introduced is all about increasing policing patrols mm -hmm. of, he, of historically black neighborhoods? He has always <laughs> been in favor of that. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. maybe she's right about that. It hasn't changed. But I distinctly remember, I'm going to read this article in a second, but it, wasn't Trump getting in a lot of trouble for sending uh, federal police to mm -hmm. Portland, Oregon mm -hmm. or something, right? He did, yeah. Hmm. They were picking people up in vans and... Throwing them down the Guantanamo or something like that, from right. what I remember. Exactly. Is uh, what was but you're now to believe you're this is how you're gonna flip the past here because there's been a spike in crime. People care about that. It's gonna be in obviously the bigger cities where it's going to occur. It's gonna occur in areas that have a higher minority population than others because it's happening in bigger cities, and that's typically the case. And so now you gotta, you got you to erase the history, and you got to replace it with a new history. And the new thing that you're supposed to believe is that Biden ran on increasing funding for police, 
okay, that that was one of his main things, that he wanted to increase funding for police, and that Trump and the Republicans were fighting to decrease the funding for police, to take police off the streets. That that's something that the Republicans... Are, and you're, you're supposed to hear that and be like, oh, yeah, this is Trump's fault. You're right. This is the Republicans' fault. It's damn Republicans. It's hating on police. It's crazy. And so here's how they actually work it out in this Washington Post article, which was, by the way, written, I think, in December of 2020. So Trump is still the president as, at this time, and they had not done the runoff elections in, in Georgia. All right. From the WAPO, <laughs> Republicans just voted to defund the police. President Trump and Republicans campaigned in 2020 by scaring Americans into <laughs> thinking Democrats would defund the police and unleash a crime spree. Now it it was Trump and the Republicans that were spreading this false narrative that the that Democrats wanted to defund police. Mm. That wasn't going on. It, it wasn't like an endless news cycle all the time of, I don't know, slogans like, what, what would you say? Let's reduce funding for the police. No, it was a defund the police. It was a pre- actually a lot of prominent politicians saying this. And still, protests. Still saying this. Yeah. Okay, but it was, tr- it was actually the Republicans scaring people into believing that Democrats wanted to do this. It wasn't actually Democrats out there saying no, defund the no, police. It no, couldn't have been. No. This helped Republicans keep control of the Senate for now and grow their numbers in the House. So what are they doing to celebrate? They're defunding the police as violent <laughs> crime surges. GOP leaders over the past week defeated efforts to help states and cities that are facing cutbacks to public safety and other services because of the pandemic-caused budget crisis. They claim this would amount to what Senate Majority Leader, now Minority Leader, Mitch McConnell, called a blue state bailout. In reality, it was more of a blue bailout, and police in blue and red states alike are now on the chopping block So the, there because of the federal government. The spending bills, the Democrats, they're the heart and soul of these bills for the Democrat was that it was going to be a blue bailout. That this was going to be money that we had to pass through the federal government to get more money to the police. That's what they advertised it as. That's what it was going to be. It was a blue bailout. Right. This isn't theoretical in large part because of the federal government's months-long refusal to help. Localities across the country are involuntary defunding the police in real time. Involuntarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No city councils. Minneapolis didn't vote on whether or not they wanted to defund their police department. That didn't happen. And... It was involuntary. Just remember, the, your local police departments, they are completely dependent on whether or not the federal government passes budgets that are going to send you money. Right. 100%. An August study by the Police Executive <laughs> Research Forum, a police leader min, uh, min, uh, membership organization, found that of 258 police agencies questioned, 48% expected budget cuts or already had dealt with cuts. Among large police departments, 58% expected or had experienced cuts. Can anybody think of any other reason this would happen? Thank you, because they didn't say... Because of last year. They didn't say because they weren't going to be getting the money from the federal government. They said they expected their budgets to be cut. But can anybody guess why? It has to be because of Trump and the Republicans. No, but can anybody get any, anybody out there? <laughs> can anybody help me out? What happened last year? Um... I, I have no idea. Nothing, okay. nothing big. Nothing big happened last year. Let me year. help you out here. Okay. How does the government make money? Any government? Uh, print, uh, the money printer. That's what it no, is. No. They can print it. How does, the go- how does any government get money into their coffers? They take it from the economy. 
Oh, that's right. So they take a percentage of revenues, right? Yeah. And how do how are revenues made? Well, people trade with one another. Yeah. They transact with one another. They they make things that other people deem valuable. Yeah. And then they transact things that those people deem more valuable than the thing that they have. In layman's terms, companies are open for business. People go to work and make things. And then companies turn around and sell those things. And then, then the government takes a chunk of that revenue. What happened last year? We had the biggest economic boom in history. <laughs> no, the government shut down shut the down economy. Shut everything. <laughs> yeah. And now they don't have any tax receipts. So no wonder their budgets are cut. Nobody made any money last year for them to take. How do you think cities and all these and counties and all these localities make money to pay for their police departments? They tax the people, property taxes and whatever sales tax, income tax, whatever. And especially states like Tennessee state, the Tennessee doesn't have an income tax, right? They rely on sales tax for their revenue. So especially states like that, it's like, well, if you don't have any sales, you don't have any sales tax, folks. Yeah. You ain't got no sales tax. You ain't got, you're going to have to have a budget cut. Or, or what the real budget cuts are, are probably just cutting a little bit of their increased spending. So, no, let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about how the government shut down the economy and therefore was a, unable to collect tax receipts, in essence. Let's not talk about that. Isn't, isn't it crazy? How that couldn't be a part of it. We talked about this all year last year. We talked about it several times. The government would shut down the economy. There would be massive budget shortfalls. There would be terrible things that would happen from this. And then they would blame all of those problems on other things, on not spending enough money on those. That there would eventually be so many problems from not having an economy that you could scrape a little bit off the top of, uh, that eventually there'd be a lot of problems. And the government would act like that just never happened. And that's what they're doing because... And, and it's definitely not their fault. Because now when you trace it back, if you're the White House, you say, well, because Republicans didn't vote for this specific bill that was going to bail out some of these local governments, then they are at fault. But who wanted to shut down everything? And I know that Republicans and Democrats shut things down. That obviously happened all over the place. But... When the government shuts down the economy and you can't take in the tax revenue, and then the federal government says, I'm not going to take more of other people's money and then give it to you later on, then you blame it on them? They're the reason that the police don't have funding? And then you say that they wanted to defund the police? That that was their goal? That they were trying to defund police? This is a... The gaslighting continues, and I know we've already talked about this, but like I said before we started talking about this... This is so obvious. It's so clear. There was so much rhetoric around defunding the police last year. If they can do it with this right here, blatantly stand up and lie about this and try to change history, what else are they doing it with? You've always got to pay attention all the time and you've got to remember things. You've got to remember how it actually played out. Okay? So, moving on from that, I just, that's exciting. I can't. It's, I know, it's crazy. How, and this how much is how more you, ridiculous can it get? And this is how you feel when you're being gaslit by someone. Yeah. You're stuck. You're in a corner. You can't do anything because you're a crazy person. But we know the truth, folks. We don't, know. Don't give in. The truth. Okay. So how about the climate? How about that? 
Let's wonder, talk I about why you put this in here. Let's talk about that for a minute, because now we're going to talk a little bit more about the economy and, oh, I don't know what it would take to stop the catastrophe from happening. By the way, I watched the movie over the weekend, The Tomorrow War, the new Prime, Amazon Prime movie. Good movie, other than the massive, massive time travel paradox that they created. Mm. They're doing things like going back in time to change something. That, that that's happening right now. Listen, there's a I'm 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 very strict when it comes to time travel stuff. Okay, but anyway, I'm not going to give anything away. But the whole movie was a giant metaphor for climate change. Just so you know, and th- then they make it obvious yeah. at the end of the movie. They're like, oh, if you didn't get our metaphor, let's make it blatantly obvious right now. Let me spell it out in cursive okay. for you. So anyhow, from reason to stop climate change, Americans must cut energy use by ninety percent. A new study says, we'll talk about some of the other stuff. In order to save the planet from catastrophic climate change, Americans will have to cut their energy use by more than 90%. And families of four should live in housing no larger than 640 square feet. That's at least according to a team of European researchers led by University of Leeds sustainability researcher Jefim Vogel. In their new study, they calculate that public transportation should account for most travel, and travel should, in any case, be limited to between 3,000 and 10,000 miles per person annually. Okay, and this is how we're going to stop the world from ending. We're going to save a lot of lives by doing this. We only have like 10 years left, folks. Vogel and his his colleagues set themselves the goal of figuring out how to provide sufficient need satisfaction at much lower, ecologically sustainable levels of energy use. So what they're saying is, how can we use less energy and still have nice lives with nice standards of living? How can we do that? They argue that human needs are sufficiently satisfied when each person has access to the energy equivalent of 7,500 kilowatt hours. That's about how much energy the average Bolivian uses, just so you know. Currently, Americans use 80,000 kilowatt hours annually per capita. But they, they want us to reduce that down to 7,500. Okay. Times as much. With respect to transportation and physical mobility, the average person will be limited to using the energy equivalent of 16 to 40 gallons of gasoline per year. People are assumed to take one short to medium haul airplane trip every three years. Okay. Every three years. That's what you're allowed to do. In addition, food consumption per capita would vary depending on age and other conditions, but the average would be 2,100 calories per day. Maybe we would benefit from that being a rule. I don't know. While just over 10% of the world's people are unfortunately still undernourished, the Food and Agriculture Organization report that the daily global average food supply now stands at just under 3,000. Each individual is allocated new clothing. By the way, they're building a nice socialist utopia Mm -hmm. right now. Each individual is allocated a new clothing allowance of 9 pounds per year. 9 pounds of clothing per year. And clothes may be washed 20 times annually. Jesus. They're setting all these rules out for us, okay? Not even twice a month. The good news is that everyone over the age of 10 is permitted a mobile phone, and each household can have one laptop. Permitted. You are permitted. Okay. Mm. They assert that globally large reductions in energy use are required to limit global warming to 1.5C. Or if we don't do that, then we're all going to die. We know that. Now, I know that earlier we talked about science changing a little bit. Okay. But if you question this... (laughs) It's to the gulags for you. And then a few years later, we'll get a, an apology article, yeah. probably something like that. A semi-apology. Yeah. Just yeah. like those people who oh, question. Yeah, I didn't mean to call you a prick. Yeah. I it should have been asshole. Sorry. 
In order to stay below the 1.5 Celsius temperature increase threshold, they cite earlier research that calculated the average person should be limited using annually, annually as little as 18 gigajoules, okay, which is about 5,000 kilowatt hours, but they've allowed us to go up to 7,500 kilowatt hours because they are benevolent dictators. <laughs> they then checked to see if any country in the world had met, the, had met this definition of decent living and using that amount of energy. They said, no country in the world accomplishes that, not even close, admitted the person who did the study. Okay, so I want to give you not guys... Not even I do it. No, no one, no one reaches this, but this is what we have to do. I'm going to put this nice chart up here for you guys, and this big red line going across here, just so you know, that is the amount of energy per person that you would be allowed to use. The closest country to doing that, the best country to doing that for living standards would be Vietnam, and then Zambia, and then India and Ghana, okay? None of these meet the decent living standards, but now we have to have that conversation. Are we going to care about the living standards of the people, or are we going to stop the climate from warming an average of 1.5 Celsius, okay? Vogel and his colleagues, don't worry, this gets good. Vogel and his colleagues are undaunted by the fact that there are absolutely no examples of low-energy societies providing decent living standards for their citizens. So they proceed to jigger the various factors until they find what is really needed is a more fundamental transformation of a political economic regime. Mm. So now we get into what they're actually calling for, because we're all going to die, okay? The fundamental transformation includes free government-provided high-quality public services in areas such as health, education, and public transport. And this is how we are going to stop the climate catastrophe from happening. Okay, they also quote, let's see, they found fair income distribution is crucial for achieving decent living standards at low energy use. So we have to figure, we have to work on the income inequality, mm -hmm. said the co-author. To reduce existing income disparities, governments could raise minimum wages. For the job you can't drive to. <laughs> we'll talk about that here in a second. <laughs> Provide a universal basic income and introduce maximum income levels. We maximum. also... <laughs> We also need much higher taxes on high incomes, which we won't allow, and lower taxes on low incomes, which we also won't allow. <laughs> <laughs> Vogel concluded. Okay, here's the crazy part. Here's the author concluding. In short, we need to abandon economic growth in affluent countries, scale back resource extraction, and prioritize public services, basic infrastructures, and fair income distributions everywhere. He added... In my view, the most promising and integral vision for the required transformation is the idea of degrowth. It is an idea whose time has come. All right? So, they don't want us to grow economically anymore, because that's leading to a lot of problems. But the way that we're going to solve all of these problems is by a universal basic income and minimum wages and higher taxes on people with high incomes and low taxes on people with low incomes. And then we could have the free government, high-quality public services like health, education, and public transport. But they also say that we should not grow our economies any, even any further. In fact, he comes out in favor of degrowth. He actually wants us to scale down our economies, while at the same time providing all of these free services for everyone. So what do you got? What do you guys think about this as a, this is a pretty good idea, right? There's nothing wrong that could happen from this. We'll stop the climate catastrophe from happening, which is going to kill 
untold amounts of people, and all we'll have to do is we'll all just have to live like uh, Zambia. That's, and then we'll save everyone's lives. And yeah. Then everyone will live. That's all we need. We need to live like we're in Ghana. And then everyone will live. That's right. Okay. I wonder how much energy they use for this study. <laughs> they can use the energy. It's for yeah. the other people. Yeah. Okay. That's right. They also, they then said that the building we use is on stolen land and then they gave away the building. <laughs> no, it's just, yeah. this is the, uh, this is the, uh, I, I, this crazy contradiction here where they literally say that we should stop growing our economies and we should provide everything for free for everyone. It just shows you how freaking out there the people with these ideologies are. Yeah. They literally don't get it. He should have just said, in short, we're Marxists. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The end. Yes. <laughs> I could have, he could have really narrowed this down. I'm going to read the rest of our, story, our study. It's in the Communist Manifesto, yeah. actually. You can just read that. So. Just look at Carl. <laughs> this is, uh, uh, these people exist, folks. They do. And if you don't think for a second that this is what they're after, um, think again. What? You need to think for another second. What would be better? See, in my opinion, people who want the free market are actually the people who want to do the best thing for the environment. And I know that that sounds crazy considering well all these fossil fuels that we use and that's what's actually happened right here okay that's all these fossil fuels and the oil industries and all these people and and bitcoin miners <laughs> that, that that's what's happening okay but if you want to actually create the new technologies that could stop polluting the environment then you want to have the most growth that you possibly can. You want to incentivize no. the most technological innovation that you possibly can. Nope, we all need to build tiny houses and go live amongst the trees. <laughs> well, tents. You can get a tent for 60, 60K. Yeah. I think the, that's a pretty good idea. I, I hear they're reducing the price next year to 57. Yeah, that's true. Good, so, good time to buy in on the tents. <laughs> but it's this, uh, it's this type of economics. It's this type of capitalism, if you will use that, if you'll pardon me, sir. Uh, capitalism, although not free market, that ends up giving us people like, like Elon Musk, who comes out and creates sustainable rockets, comes out and creates Teslas that, while they're still using energy, by the way, to charge up, eventually could end up putting a solar roof on everyone's on everyone's roof and maybe coming up with batteries that could actually store all of that energy and sure one day you could actually create a technology that would sustain itself but if you ever want to get to that point you've got to let this you got to let this sucker keep growing because you don't want to what socialists do or marxists or whatever this person is is they they take their chips down they say all right we made it far enough that's it Let's even out all the incomes. 640 square feet is plenty. Six four, yeah, we got wash your clothes 20 times a nine. year. That's plenty of times to wash. In fact, 20 times to wash nine pounds of clothing. That's plenty yeah. of times to yeah. wash your clothing. And you're not going to matter because they're all going to be allowed in one color jumpsuits for everyone to wear. I think, you know? I think I have nine pounds of underwear Yeah, <laughs> right now. <laughs> so if, if you actually want these new technologies to come up, you've got to keep pushing for more innovation and you do not do that by literally adopting a policy that says you need to abandon economic growth to save the environment not, no not just abandon economic growth he actually said degrowth yeah yeah like reduce growth no more that's it all right had enough it's four i love how people decide for themselves too mm -hmm. like oh well this is yeah this is good enough so if it's good enough for me it's good enough for everyone we can all do this 
we come together, everybody will live in peace and harmony and, and real tiny houses. And the, then, and then what? And then what? The problem with that ideology is if you take that as a principle and you apply it at other times, because if the principle is correct, that at some time you can say, we grew enough, now it's time to divide everything out and make sure that everyone is equal. If that principle is an accurate principle that can be used, then why don't you apply it in the year 1895? See how that principle works out for you. Would it have worked out if you would have done that and not allowed people to grow their wealth and not allowed people to grow the economy at that time? Would it have worked then? No, it would be a really, really terrible place right now that we'd be living in. Worse than, I think it's pretty good, honestly, right now. We might still have 30% of the world that's in hunger and wouldn't have, or more than that, probably at that time in 1895. I don't know what the number was at that time. and a half percent. So if the principle wouldn't work then, then it doesn't work now because you don't know what it's going to look like 100 years from now. And 100 years from now, there could be people talking on a podcast like, well, what if they would have done this in the year 2021? Imagine all these things that we wouldn't have right now. This is always the problem with this ideology is they somehow think we've reached peak capitalism. And so now it's time to divide all this stuff out. Okay. Mm -hmm. It just ain't going to work, man. And that's what he says at the end. That's, this is the most important part of the article to me. He says, in my view, the most promising and integral vision for the, uh, for the required transformation is the idea of degrowth. Degrowth. Mm-hmm. Already wants to tear it all down. Folks, we ain't going to let it happen. Folks like you and us and me and, uh, and all of the children, <laughs> we ain't going to let it happen. All right. If you guys enjoyed today's show, which I know that you did, because it, uh, it, it was a mixture of some serious conversations at the end. It was all about science and a little bit of dumb bleep. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that was a great episode, man. Happy 4th of July, belated 4th of July to everyone out there. We, uh, we have our live episode coming up this weekend. I'm super excited about that. So if you want to find out how those folks are coming to watch us live, well, then you should go to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. That's how they're doing it. So become a Patreon supporter, put $5 where your mouth is, put it, just put it there and then put it, put it, on, put it on your PayPal and then put it in Patreon. Okay. Five ducks. Patreon.com slash good morning Liberty. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a rating and review on Apple podcast and share the show with everyone around, especially this Mr. Vogelman. So he can actually understand how real economics works. Okay. All right. Y'all, y'all stay tuned. Stay attuned against all these gaslighters out there. Don't let them make you feel crazy. Come here for the support. You ain't crazy. You're right. The moral high ground is on your side. Well, you might be crazy, just not when it comes well, yeah, to... Well, yeah, I don't know if you're yeah. crazy or not. Yeah, it could be crazy. But if you believe what we believe, then you're not wrong about those things. <laughs> I don't know what else you believe in your life. Uh, but as far as these things are concerned... So, uh, yeah, yeah, we're not going to let liberty die. That's, that's the thing. That's what we're all about here. And it just takes a little bit of work uh, each and every day. So share the show. If you guys do all those things, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. Liberty. <laughs>